business. Helping you stand apart from your competition and explode the growth of your business. You're about to discover the latest online strategies, tools, and advice to succeed online. Succeed online. This is Super Savvy Business with expert online marketer Fiona Lewis. Hi everybody, it's Fiona Lewis here from Super Savvy Business with our next podcast. Now today we're going to be talking about a very hot topic in the world of business and that is the topic of outsourcing. And on our call today I've brought uh, with me Rob O'Byrne and Rob O'Byrne is a serial entrepreneur and he now runs six businesses and he does all of this and still manages two to three holidays a year. And the reason why I've asked Rob to come on this call is the key to his success is that he's been able to do all of this through building outsourcing teams. Um, so Rob and I have known each other, gosh, I think it's been quite a number of years, at least uh, six or seven years now, I'd say. Rob, would you say? Well, I think it is, Fiona. It's been a while. It has been a while. And we, and we met through an entrepreneurial group and uh, we've stayed in touch over the years and we help each other out and give each other hints and tips. And uh, we met the other day for lunch and we were chatting about outsourcing and um, and the pitfalls and the challenges and the benefits, most importantly. And we felt that uh, it would be a fantastic topic to get on the podcast show about and uh, just to share with our audience um, a couple of hints and tips if, you know, if they're not currently outsourcing, the sort of things they need to watch out for, the kind of things that uh, work and don't work and where you might even go about finding an outsourced team. So, Rob, I'll share my story in a little while about how I ended up uh, outsourcing right from the beginning. But how did you actually come across and what, what sort of started your journey in, the, in using virtual teams? Yeah, look, to, to be honest, Fiona, I probably didn't even know anything about outsourcing until about three or four years ago. I didn't even know it, it, it existed for small businesses. I think we're all aware of, you know, the big Telstra call centers and things like that. But I, I think this awareness of uh, you know, how it can help startups and small businesses and entrepreneurs really just wasn't there, certainly not for me. And I guess I, I, I've been running my own small businesses now for almost 20 years, and I, I'd sort of reached this point, I guess, of total burnout. You know, I had a couple of businesses at the time. I was working 100 hours a week, uh, really stressed. I'd gone through a divorce. You know, things were sort of falling apart for me. And then I suddenly latched on to the fact that, hang on, you know, here I am in a situation like so many other small business owners where I can't afford full-time staff. I can't do it all myself. You know, it's just getting on top of me. And suddenly here was an opening to actually find really good quality professional people at a very low cost. Uh, and I was introduced, I suppose, first of all, to just hiring people for one-off tasks online. And that worked really well. I mean, was that a similar experience for you? Yeah, well, I, I think just hearing you talk about that, and like you say, a lot of people are familiar with the, the, the idea of outsourcing with the big corporate companies and the call centres and, and the support desks. Um, but it wasn't really till the four-hour work week came out that it kind of became a bit more mainstream and, and people started to sort of open their eyes and realise that outsourcing wasn't just for the big corporates and, and that you could be a small business or a micro business and have a team of people working for you. So for me, I guess because I started off in the internet marketing world back in 2008, it was 
it was just something that was commonly done in the industry that I'm in. So I was quite fortunate in that from the day that I started in my business, I was aware of it and I was working with other entrepreneurs who were already doing outsourcing. So for me, it was it was a natural step to take once I got to the point where there weren't enough hours in the day for me when I was a solopreneur. Um, I then went on to hire uh, my very first team member. And back then, um, I, I just went to an, an outsourcing agency. There's quite a lot of um, online websites that you mm, can go to. Yeah, I tried that. Yeah. <laughs> Did it work and, for you? Yeah, well, look, it has and it hasn't. Um, I mean, a lot of people might have heard of Odesk is one of the big ones. Um, there was one called VWorker, but I think that got swallowed up by, what's the Australian one? It's called... Um, Mm, not sure. Yeah, I, I tried Odesk and I, I use Elance extensively now. I, yes. mean, I, I, I think I'm up to about 250 projects on Elance. Mm. Yeah, and, and I think that's where a lot of people do go and it's very hit and miss. Um, I, uh, I made my first hire um, for a web design um, job and uh, ended up with a team um, of well, I thought I was hiring a person to work for me, but it turned out this was a person who was actually working in a larger agency over in India, and the person I was talking to wasn't even the one doing the work. <laughs> and um, yeah, it just, that yeah, it turned out to be a complete disaster, and I ended up um, having to forfeit the money for that job that I'd paid to those outsourcers and pay somebody else to do it because the work they did was terrible. It was grossly delayed and I guess I learned the hard way very early on that outsourcing is not exactly an easy road. You know, there's certainly things you've got to watch out for and I've learned that um, for me personally, I don't like working with agencies and teams. No, no. I, I, I almost, without exception, in fact, online for, for specific tasks, without exception, I work with individuals mm. and I, I always set up the jobs online with the intention that it's going to be a really long-term relationship because I'm sure you found the same, but if, if you try to rush this, and I've seen people rush it, you know, they, they want a specific task done, they post it up on Elance or another site, uh, and, and they rush, 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 and without a lot of preparation and communication with the potential outsourcer, and it just falls apart. Mm. So, I mean, I've, I've learned through the hard way that you've got to have a really clear specification. I give them loads of supporting information so they understand exactly what I want to do. You know, you, you might get 20 people or more responding. You've got to take the time to go through and, and check their feedback. You know, it's like eBay. They all get feedback <laughs> scores, uh, you know, test out their portfolios that they've been working on. Um, and it, it's very time-consuming, I think, up front, but I, I prefer to do that so that I really get a great person. And I, I've had people working with me now for five years. Yes. It's just whenever I need, you know, if I need an article written or, or there's some specific task, I, I go to Harry in France or I go to Fred in North America. You know, they, they're like regular members of my team. Yeah, and, and I think you've just hit the nail on the head. They're regular members of your team. So you shouldn't treat the hiring process any differently to the way you would if you were hiring someone on the ground <laughs> here. So you've got to have the same sort of um, strict processes. Like you say, you've got to check their references, check their portfolios, you know, like you say, the feedback. Um, and I often like to give them uh, some sort of trial task just to check what what it's like to work with them because it's not just about their skills. Yeah, that's I think, a good idea. I, you know, I think you'll agree. It's not just about the skills. It's also about their values and their ethics. And Absolutely, can, and their yeah. attitude, yeah. yeah. I, I, I've just had a, a 
I've just had a guy helping me with a very specialised website, and uh, he's based in the sticks in North America. He's a lovely guy, uh, you know, very techy, um, and he took a long time to, to fix this really nutty problem on a website. And I said, that's great, you know, well, what are we going to do next? And he said, oh, look, there's naturally two or three things now we can do to really improve this website. So I said, yeah, let's get on with it. <laughs> And he's, this is all, you know, via email and, and chat and so on. Uh, and he said, oh, you're going to post it on Elance and, you know, get a few other bids. And I said, why would I do that? We've been working together for two months. Yeah. You know, let's just get on with it. Yeah. And I and I do find that, I mean, I'm, I'm the same as you. I've got people that I've been working with in, in Romania for five, six years. And um, I think the shortest time, well, I actually did a new hire in February. But other than that, I, I think it's 18 months is the shortest time after that. Um, and it's between mm. 18 months to, you know, five, six years. Um, and, and I've found that obviously, like you say, you'll have those one-off little short task project-based things. But generally speaking, I find it's best wherever you can to hire someone on a full-time basis um, mm. and have that mm. person 100% dedicated to you and your business. Because if they're doing project work or they're part-time, sometimes I found that my work was kind of getting shoved to the bottom of the pile or they wouldn't deliver when they um, were supposed to because they were under pressure from another client who perhaps was paying them more or putting them on a harder deadline. And there's all sorts of problems mm. I find when they're having to deal with other clients. Oh, absolutely. And, and it's interesting because we work slightly different models. So I, I use individual outsourcers predominantly through Elance for specific tasks. Um, I, I probably shouldn't be saying this on this podcast. I'm letting out all my secrets. But I, I've had books written um, and edited and, you know, you, you'd be amazed at the things that you can get done. For full-time people, um, I actually tried uh, some home-based outsourcers, so like freelancers, um, and I, I didn't find that worked for me, just for the reasons that you're saying, that they had you know, other clients and it was priorities and trying to reach them and the communication, and I, I, I just didn't find that work so well for me. I, I, I found actually for full-time people, people working in a more formal structure, office environment works really well. Mm. Yeah, I, I hear what you're saying. I mean, my team do work um, from their own homes, but we are very clear that these are your working hours. You mm. need to be logged into Skype during those log during those working hours. Um, we have regular team meetings, so I run it as if it is, you know, mm. the, it's a business. And, and, you, and you're really good at that. You you mm. you manage them like they're, you know, an integral part of your team. Um, I, I'm probably a bit more lazy. I want someone else to manage them. <laughs> yeah, I know. And, and I think, you know, have, being able to have a team in an office is is absolutely gold. Um, so you've set your team up over in the Philippines, is that right? Yeah, so we, we have a full-time team now. But uh, we, we actually, um, I had a similar experience to you, I think, when I, I, I wanted to try out full-time people. And I actually went to one of these big call centers in the Philippines where you can basically hire someone full-time. And, um, you know, I, I run a couple of reasonably sized businesses, or I did at the time. We've got a few more now. Um, and so I, I wanted a couple of full-time people. And the people were outstanding. But... We then, over a period of time, started to find out what sort of organization they were working in, and it, it wasn't very good at all. Um, they were appallingly paid. Um, we, we, were, we treated them really well, or we thought we were. You know, we'd, we'd pay them bonuses, and the bonuses weren't getting through. We'd give them lots of public holidays because we were assured that the public holidays were paid, and they weren't. You know, how do you think we felt 
when you know we were giving everyone a day off and, and they weren't getting paid. It was like we were punishing people. So yeah. the the environment they were working in was awful, um, and it, it was really sad. So um, yeah, Look, we decided to do it ourselves in the end. Yeah, I, and and I think that is if for anyone who's listening to this podcast, you know, if if you do end up hiring people on a full time basis or. Um, do treat them like you would expect to treat an employee here. So pay them holidays, pay them, um, you know, if they're sick, give them a certain amount of sick days, give them bonuses if they've performed really well. Because I, mm. although I haven't worked with call centres, Rob, I have heard from people I've employed um, how poorly they've been treated by their previous, you know, outsourcers from oh, Western it, countries. It, I mean, it, it, mm. it was really sad. I mean, I only found out way down the track that the people that we hired actually when they started with us, had to work with other clients for another month or two. They were working full-time for two people. Mm. And, I mean, I was loading them up with work. I don't know how they coped. Mm. Um, but they were outstanding people. And, um, yeah, I mean, I didn't want to lose them, and I haven't. <laughs> They're still with yeah. me. Yeah. And, um, you know, as far as building relationships with these people, I know some people ask me, you know, what's it like, you know, with these, working with these people who mm. are living in another part of the world and, you know, how do you maintain that sense of loyalty and, and belonging and, and culture that you would mm. normally be able to achieve within, you know, a regular work environment? And, I mean, I've mentioned a few you of know, those that, things already, yeah. but um, I know yeah. you, you yeah, are It's going. interesting because you, you have a lot of people in Eastern Europe, don't you? Yeah. Where, yeah. Whereas my, my team is in the Philippines and I, and I have businesses in Southeast Asia, so I'm kind of across the whole Asian culture thing a bit, recognising mm. that Asia is a big area. Um but we, we go through a really, um, oh, it's, 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 a, it's a rigorous but very gentle induction process whereby new team members are made aware of Australian culture and how we work. And we have this whole program that they go through. Um, and anyone that's interacting with our team goes through the same thing so that they understand Filipino culture. And, you know, one of the biggest issues to face when you're working with Asians, and I, mm -hmm. I can say that because my wife is Asian, so I know what I'm talking about. Um, and and it, one of the things that we I always did when I was starting with, with new team members, we'd have this mantra. And whatever we're working on, I would say, if you've got any questions, just ask. If you don't understand anything, just ask. Yes. And, and it gets to the point where they go, yeah, yeah, I know, I know, just ask, just ask. And they did. And they weren't afraid to ask what they thought might be stupid questions. But it's just built such a, um, a much more trusting relationship and valuable mm. relationship. I, you know, our, our team are happy to ask anything. You know, what did you mean by that? You know, I didn't quite get that. So I know exactly really what like you mean. Them, yeah. You know, yeah. When yeah. I had team in the Philippines, I and and I, I didn't have that insight initially, and um, they wouldn't ask the questions, and then things wouldn't be delivered, or they wouldn't be right, yeah, and they, I would and say, they well, climb up and yeah, they stop communicating. That's right. They would just disappear. <laughs> it would be like, what's right, going on? And, Why and they're too embarrassed so to ask the question. Exactly. Yeah, so I right. definitely agree with you. If, if you're working with people in the sort of mm. Philippine region. It's that's a that's such a big tip to to constantly encourage them and support them and uh, let them feel safe 
in uh, knowing that it's okay to ask questions if you're not sure. Yeah, um, safe or, is a great word. Yeah, or if you're feeling over overloaded mm. with too much on your plate, then it's okay to come back and say, actually, there's too much going on and we need to have a look and prioritise mm. because um, I didn't realise that. It wasn't sometimes till too late that um, <laughs> I'd get to yeah. a date and think that something was going to be delivered and all of a sudden yeah. there was silence at the other end. <laughs> and, and, and I think I think another thing for me is don't overmanage. Um, but be accessible. So in the early stages of having a new team member, um, you know, I, I would chat on Skype a couple of times a day. Uh, I travel a lot on business, so I'll be in the car heading to the airport. I'll ring them up, you know, because they're all on sort of local Sydney phone numbers. That's you know, fantastic technology on the internet. Just to have a chat. How's it all going? Um, you know, how's that particular task going? Do you need any help? Um, you know, and all that constant communication is really handy. And and the other thing I found is that try not to just give verbal instructions on what you want. Mm -hmm. and, I, and I know you're really good at this, Fiona. Uh, and I think I learned this from you that I do a lot of Camtasias or you know screen capture videos. So if I want someone to do something and it's a little bit complicated, I'll, I'll actually record my screen of me doing it, and it's a two or three minute video, and I'll send that, or I'll, I'll write a little written instruction or I'll record an audio instruction and send them the audio file. Yes. And the beauty of that is that it's there for them to refer to. So whereas if you just ring up and say, please do X, Y, and Z, they've got to try and remember what you said and make sure they understand it. Whereas if there's some sort of record, they can look at it, play it back, yeah. and, and you know they don't have to come and ask you questions all the time. Yeah, that's, that's exactly right. And coming back to that as well is the whole concept of systemizing. Um, every, all the processes and all the information that they're involved in, I get my team to systemize because, you know, mm. if that person was to move on and, and leave your company, you don't want everything that's there in their job and in, in their head to be going with them. Uh, because otherwise then you're going to have to go through a, a major process to retrain them. So we actually use Google Sites and it, um, once a week um, I ask my team to systemize at least one to two processes um, of something that they do, do within their job role. So that means I've got a growing bank of um, information, little Camtasia videos, um, screenshots with arrows, pointing systems, bullet points, all that kind of stuff which shows how to do that job. Um, and it also means that if someone's mm. sick or on leave, then somebody else on the team can step in and do that role. Mm. No, that, that's really a really good idea. And, and, and we, we don't use that particular tool, but we have other tools to do that. So, mm. yeah, and, and the, the beauty of it is that, you know, these resources are not sort of – don't want to use the term low cost, but they're not very expensive. Yeah. Uh, and so you can afford for people to be spending hours and hours documenting processes for you because it's adding value to your business and it's really not going to cost you much. Yeah, yeah. And look, and, that, and that's the thing, um, you know, as, as far as com comparatively, uh, if you were to build a team here compared to, let's say, a team in the Philippines like you have or in, in Eastern Europe where I have, it, it allows you as an entrepreneur to grow your business faster and to build a team faster and that's just leveraging everything you do. Um, and I think, oh, you know, people... It, 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 it's astounding, the benefit. Mm. Mm. It's, it's interesting Absolutely. though. I mean, I, when, 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 yeah, go on. I was going to say, it's interesting though. I've had some people sort of hold, corner me and say, look, you're not supporting Australian business by, you know, hiring people offshore. This is really bad and, you know, you're doing the wrong thing by the Australian economy. 
But my, I guess my answer to that is, well, if it weren't for my ability to be able to grow my business in this way, I mean, obviously, as I grow my business, I'm paying taxes and, I'm, you know, I'm benefiting. I'm sp- actually spending a lot of money in Australia as well. So, you know, I, I kind of get why people might not be as comfortable with it and would, you know, like the idea of employing people here. But at the same mm. time, it's allowing Australian businesses to grow um, whereas they, where they might not have previously been able to. Absolutely, and uh, I, I haven't had that criticism directly, but I could understand people thinking like that. And and you know, if I had to answer that question, I, I'd be really saying two things. One, um, you know, I have a I have a full time team of ten people. I couldn't possibly afford that here in Australia. I just wouldn't have the people, and I'd still be working 100, 120 hours a week, and probably mm. going through my second divorce. <laughs> so it's enabling me to do things that I just can't do mm. otherwise. And the other thing is that having that team who predominantly are helping me in sales and marketing and admin support allows me to hire more people in Australia. So a lot of my business is around management consulting. I, I, I have, you know, all my senior team members have personal assistants based in the Philippines, which helps them be more productive, helps them earn more. So it actually helps me hire more people locally because the support, which is helping the business grow, is a much lower cost base. Yes. That's exactly right. Yeah. So I mean. So I I I I didn't tell you the story. Remember, uh, I was saying how that um, outsourcing centre uh, was really quite disappointing, and I think I threw in a remark there saying, "But thankfully, the team is still with me." Um, can I can I share that story yeah, about why they're do. still with me? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So so what actually happened was um, uh, one of those original team members was my personal assistant, and we had built up such a fantastic working relationship. Um, and then when she said, "Oh look, uh, I, I won't be renewing my contract in this call centre. Um, you know, I'll be departing." I, I was gutted. I thought, "Oh my God! You know, I've invested so much time and effort into this working relationship. I'm going to be totally stuffed without her. You know, I would train someone else." Um, and so, actually, what happened is when when she and, a, and another colleague finished their contract at that call centre, um, literally, I got on a plane, went to the Philippines rented an office, set up a Philippine-based business. Um, they, they, in the meantime, had been on a couple of months paid leave, proper paid leave, and uh, and we just set up our own back office in the Philippines. And uh, the really cool part is it was so much easier to set up through the regulatory environment as a Filipino-owned business than it being a foreign-owned business. They actually own it. So it's really cool. Uh, and, and so now we have this full-time team who are supporting us, who have great working conditions, lovely office, they get paid really well, they get public, they get all the Aussie public holidays, so they, they all watch the Melbourne Cup and take part <laughs> in the Melbourne Cup suite. And, um, and, and now we're mentoring them to help them grow their business and look after other people. So uh, I often refer to it more as a social enterprise, really, because um, it's, it's their business. And it's, you know, the fantastic thing is it, it's giving them long-term term careers, and I'm sure you've, you've found this, that the little things that you pick up on, you're not just hiring a person, you're actually supporting an extended family in most cases. That's and exactly that's right. really cool. Mm. Yeah, and, and that's right. such an impact on people's lives, you know, it's great. Exactly, and so many people in the, these regions have poor working conditions, poor pay, and all of that sort of stuff, so to be able to give somebody that secure, security in their life by paying them, you know, above 
you know the you mm. know the local rates and which for us is still very cheap but if you can pay them above the local rates mm. so then they can have a good lifestyle and like you say support their families it it's, it just makes mm. such a world of difference to their existence yeah we're, we're starting to look now with our team at um you know having savings schemes and, and things like that and really helping them you know be much more secure into the future so oh. it's it's a lot of fun, lot of fun. yeah yeah so rob and then We've already shared quite a lot of sort of highs and lows and, and tips and strategies of what we do to manage our teams. But I know that you've actually got some events coming up, um, a morning and an, and an evening event um, where people can come along and hear more about this whole topic of outsourcing and uh, pick up some more information um, and as to how they might be able to implement it within their business. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, of course. No, I'd be, I'd be happy if any of the listeners want to come along. And, and I, I think you said you're going to come along to the evening session. Yes, I will so, be there. Um, yeah, the, the, the date for the diary is the 13th of November. Uh, we're running it at the, uh, the Novotel in Parramatta in Sydney, Australia. And uh, the really cool part is the uh, a couple of the uh, management team from the Philippines are going to come over and, uh, and share their experience of what it's like being on the other side of the fence. And... Uh, We'll, we'll go through the whole sort of thing of outsourcing, you know, how to use Elance and Odesk and um, a lot of the cultural differences, um, you know, and, and how to get great results from your outsourced team, you know, tapping into call centers, how all of that works. So uh, it'll be for about an hour or so. Uh, we've got a breakfast and an evening session. We'll, we'll have a bite to eat as well and chill, chill out and, uh, and, and just chat about how it all works. And uh, I think we've actually, yeah, we've got a registration page for you as well, Fiona, and that's really simple. It's outsourcingexplained.com forward slash Fiona. All right, fantastic. And we'll put the link on um, the page where this podcast will be, will be placed on Super Savvy Business. Um, and if you're uh, listening to this podcast on YouTube, it'll also be in the description. So just have a look for it there. Um, now, if you're someone who's thought about outsourcing um, and haven't gone down that path, or maybe you've tried it and not had great experiences, then this event could be perfect because, you know, you, the information that you'll hear might just make the difference to allowing you to take that step forward and, and really leverage yourself and start to grow your business in a way that you could never imagine growing it without being able to use this process. So, Rob, thank you. I've enjoyed our conversation and, um, yeah, it's, it's good to chat about um, these topics and, and, and talking to other entrepreneurs about what mm. they've done to be successful in their businesses. So I thank you for your time. Absolute pleasure and really look forward to seeing you on the 13th of November. Likewise. All right. Thanks, everybody. This is Fiona Lewis from Super Savvy Business. This has been Super Savvy Business with Fiona Lewis. Take the fast track to your success online. To find out how, visit supersavvybusiness.com now.